Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. The Great Resignation, the Turnover Tsunami, you name it, the media has come up with fun alliteration to describe this period of time where people seem to be leaving the workforce in droves. And to be honest, I was looking through my own podcasts and I was like, I swear I talked more about that or or shared a little bit more about that. But what I was remembering was I did a blog post about this, I think before the holidays a few months ago, called Retention, get it, T-E-N-S-I-O-N, Retention, Uh, Because I was actually starting to see in my own um, circle and my own work life and talking with friends even from other companies too, there was this like desperation of leadership of, oh my gosh, people are walking out the door. What do we do? What do we do? And and quick promote anybody that's here, give them money, give them whatever they're asking for just to avoid the turnover. And, And I get, I mean, I get it on one hand. It is hard to stabilize a company, to stabilize a business, a team. Um, when you have people constantly leaving and turnover high, you have to pretty much, everybody knows, hopefully, the group dynamics. You have to start all the way from square one again. When one person on a team changes, when any disruption happens, you you literally start over. And I think a lot of leaders take that for granted. You start back at that famous storming phase where you're resetting the group dynamic and having to figure out how do we get to that norming phase? And then how do we you know, really start to, you know, work through all of those stages together until you are a high-performing team and performing pace. And that doesn't happen overnight. And yes, you do start over. I don't care if you have five people on a team, one one had a turnover, you literally start the whole process over. And that can be exhausting mentally, emotionally, especially for leaders, but also especially for the teammates too, getting used to someone else. Um, bringing them in, you know, and being inclusive because you want people to bring their whole selves. You want them to authentically share and feel like they've been part of the team all along, even if they haven't. And when you have that happening over and over again, I think leaders just get to a point where I'll do anything to stabilize my team at this point because it does detract from productivity. It does detract from work. And frankly, it exhausts the rest of the people who have maybe witnessed other roles turning over and over and over again. And then they say, well, then I'm out because this isn't fun anymore and this is exhausting and I don't feel valued. So, but I, what my concerns are is when people start throwing money at people, you're literally keeping people for the wrong reasons. Because let's just think about why are people leaving their jobs? Why are people choosing new paths? Well, We've gone through something that most of us in our lives have not gone through, Um, this COVID pandemic, shutdowns, lockdowns, furloughs, layoffs, people losing loved ones for COVID reasons, but also a lot of other reasons and the inability to travel to see people we love. I just, I mean, all of it, of course, any adversity that impacts your life is going to make you rethink your life. 
I, I know when someone close to me passes away, when I know someone passes away, always puts life back into perspective for me. It's like, man, life is short. Life is volatile. Life is fragile. Life isn't always fair. And we are always going to deal with crises and hurdles and barriers. And no, this is not a talk on resilience because I know I've talked about that quite a bit. This is about perspective. And this is about taking inventory of where you are in your own path. And that is completely what people are doing everywhere. And more power to them. Kudos to them. As a leader, I want people to do that anyway. Don't wait. It's like, you know, I I know a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I would have taken the trip now. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that because I thought I always had more time. I always thought I had tomorrow. Well, none of us are promised tomorrow, pandemic or no pandemic. None of us are ever promised tomorrow. So in a way, the silver lining of this whole cuckoo time is that people had decided, you know what, this isn't what I want to do for a living. This isn't, I'm going to go chase my dreams. I'm going to, I've realized, I know a lot of people have realized about themselves. I've realized about myself. I freaking love working from home. I um, never thought I would necessarily, I mean, that's a lie. I always kind of liked the idea and was hopeful that, you know, we could do that at some point, or even if it was like a hybrid model and such too. Um, But I didn't, and being the extrovert I am, I actually thought, oh no, I'm not being around people. Oh no, I'll go crazy. Um, But I've actually learned with almost two years of now working remotely. I love it. And I think a lot of other people have realized that too. And so, and this is our new normal now. I I mean, you know, all the talk of going back to offices or returning, returning. Again, you can't go back. There's no such thing as going back to anything. We're all new people now because we've been through a, a big crisis and culture change in our society and it keeps changing. We're not the same people we were in 2019. And so I think people have examined that and good for them to say, well, you know, I want something that's going to fit more the lifestyle that either I've grown accustomed to or I've dis- or I've discovered really fits my lifestyle well and my and how I learn and how I grow and how I can integrate my whole life, not just my work life. There's no compartments anymore. There's no compartmentalization anymore. I never believed in that to begin with because I I don't believe in you can compartmentalize work nine to five and then five to whatever is your personal life. And the weekends, you're one person, you're one brain, you're one mind. You, you know, thoughts come in and creep into all things throughout the day. And, you know, and again, I know I've talked about that before, but it's true. And I think people have realized that and they've recognized that, well, maybe what they're currently doing doesn't fit that mold anymore, doesn't fit what they would like in terms of a work style. Some people have realized wow, this is not as fulfilling as I thought it was. Or maybe they realized it wasn't fulfilling, but it was easy and it was comfortable and they got a good paycheck and they had benefits and it was fine. It was fine. We're fine. And then they realized, um, yeah, life is short and I am going to go chase my dreams and I'm going to go take some more risks and I'm going to go find in, in a new path. Um, and frankly, I think there are people that are just like, well, um, this current environment or what it's become, I thought you were going to pivot a little bit better. I thought we were going to make some change. I thought we were going to modernize and grow and move forward. And you're really not. So I'm going to go somewhere else that is. And with so many companies starting to shift the way that they're allowing people to not just work remotely, but I think there's a lot more 
being given back to the employees in terms of autonomy and decision making and you know again flexibility of environment but also the opportunities and so I think all in all that's a lot of the reason why people leave people don't really always leave for more money that's I think there's lots of research that'll back that up people leave environments because they're not getting fulfilled they're not feeling valued they don't have the autonomy they want or frankly maybe even just the work environment or the leadership or the the style of environment so that's why people are leaving and I, again, I think it's a good thing. I think as leaders who are in these situations and they're starting to see this massive amount of turnover happen all around them, you need to take inventory of yourself and of your team and of your environment. And by the way, stop making excuses. Well, it's just the great resignation. So everyone's just leaving. It's like, you're just fooling yourself. You're just lying to yourself because you don't want to own the fact that even if it was an employee market or you know the gig economy has risen you know even if that all was the case people would not leave your work environment or your job or your team if there wasn't something wrong if there wasn't something whether it's wrong maybe for them and it's a life choice sure but I would say majority of it is they're not being fulfilled for some reason in their current work I know it's tough to hear but guys, stop, leaders, stop making excuses and stop stop thinking that, well, that's the reason. There's just so many other jobs out there. Well, there's your job too. And you're in that competition and you're in that market. And, well, oh, plenty of people are still applying to the jobs on my team or in my company or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But they don't know what they don't know yet either, right? So everyone's swapping places out there in the marketplace. But you're losing people. So then you're going to gain new people. But what have you changed? Is it going to happen again six months from now? That person who came in eyes wide open because they left their old job thinking the same thing wherever they were, came into your team where your turnover was high. Are they going to turn over again and again and again until you wake up and realize, oh, maybe there is something I could be doing better, different. Maybe I need to figure out what that is and why people are leaving. All right, well, let's get into some sips. First sip, invest in your people from day one. Don't wait until they have a foot out the door. Don't wait until you hear or they tell you that they're looking for something else. Don't wait until they have a job offer, for goodness sakes, and throw money at them and counter offer and all of that. I mean, start from day one. Start from day one investing in your people talking to them, figuring out what floats their boat, where their energy is, where their passions are, what what is their their goals and their hopes and their dreams in life. Not the five-year plan because you know I hate those more than anything and they, they shouldn't exist. What are your goals? What are your goals? What do you see your future to be? What's that path look like? What can I do to help you get there? How can I grow your skills? Where do you want your skills to grow? Where, where can we work together to create a plan for that and, and to nurture and to coach from day one? And what's so sad is I, I hear about this and I see this time and time again is that people come in new and they, they don't, they're not rolling out red carpet. They're not, you know, embracing it. They're not spending time in creating really thoughtful onboarding plans and 
to make sure that they really do feel grounded in this new environment, new team, new leadership. It can be overwhelming. I don't care if it's you're moving role to role within or job to job within the same company or if you're coming from one company to another. It's an overwhelming amount of change and nervousness that person's feeling. And if you're just like, nah, just go talk to these people and you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. If you're doing things like that, you're not investing in your people from day one. You're not taking an interest in them. Leaders, it's not about the, the tasks. It's not about the projects. It's about the people. Put your people first. I promise you all the projects, all the tasks, all the stuff they need to do will come. But invest in your people first. And again, do not wait. Because by the time they have a foot out the door, they've already mentally and emotionally checked out. They're already on their way out. They've already made up their mind about the environment that you've created for them. And they're done. Whether they hang on for a little bit longer or not, or whether you throw more money at them and they decide to stay for money, that's the head and that's not their heart. You got to get their hearts won over early before a head and before you ask for their hand. So just remember that. All right, second sip. You can't fake a healthy work environment. You cannot pretend that, oh, we're good because we're all going to go to lunch together. Or, oh, we're good because we do Zoom games on the holidays together. And, and oh, it's fine. And I'm going to show the world that we are so great here because we do these things together. It's That's optics. That's a lot of optics. Or thinking that having these sorts of like cool perks and, and these like little benefits and things that, you know, a lot of companies have for, for their employees, you think that's... Oh, that, that makes it healthy. It's like, no. And just because it's healthy in your mind doesn't mean that it is a healthy environment. You can't fake it. It starts with leadership. It starts in John Maxwell. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So if you don't have a healthy environment, if you don't, if you do have people leaving for a lot of reasons, that should tell you something. That that isn't, you've done something to that environment and it does belong to you. It's not their peers' fault because, oh, well, that's because they don't get along with that person. Stop making excuses and dig into it. Which really leads me to my last tip. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. So I know that there's a lot of people, leaders are, are, again, stressing out, trying to figure out why are people leaving, what's going on, how do we keep people, how do we engage people, but what does all that mean? So they're spinning up task force, they're, they're doing exit interviews, they're trying to talk to the leaders and ask them what's going on. Oh my gosh, guys, these, these things don't work. This, this doesn't work in this approach. You can't create a task force that's going to figure out why people are leaving. What, if you want to know why people are leaving, you need to go to the source, not their leaders. I guarantee that because you're going to get a lot of filtered stuff because guess what? A lot of your, your frontline type leaders are going to say, oh, well, it's never about me. It's because the other organizations have more to offer, more money, uh, flexible work environment, all those things. And some of that might be true, but then you're not going to get to the nitty gritty. And you're not going to get that in an exit interview because more often than not, people I coach and mentor tell me, oh, I'm going to leave on the higher road. I'm going to just nod and smile on my way out and not give them any reason to think I was such a disgruntled employee. And besides, if I say something anyway when I have an exit interview, whether it's to HR or a leader, 
they're not going to do anything about it anyway. So what's the point? Why waste my breath? Why waste my energy? So a lot of people are just going to, oh, yeah, um, I really appreciate the opportunity I've had. And they're going to give you this wonderful talking point about how I just was ready for a new challenge and this, that, and the other. And again, some of that is probably true. But if you really want to get down to the dirt, dirt level, ground zero of what the heck is going on, then you need to have a different almost guerrilla tactics with your team members. And it's got to be the it's got to be more about the water cooler than it is about top down task force led by leaders task force like championed by leaders surveys championed by your leaders anything that's coming from like a top down you're never going to get the whole story you're never going to get the insider's look the best way you're going to get that is people talking to other people within the organization and it's going to have to be a groundswell and it's going to have to be voices up not voices down what I mean by this too is it's not just the leaders that need to pry and ask questions more of people. And I don't mean interrogate, don't pull them in a room and stick a spotlight on them. This is not CSI. I mean, really ask those heart questions, heart and hard questions about what's going on. They may or may not still be honest with you because I think there's still a lot of fear, sadly. Um, if you don't have a really authentic relationship, a valued relationship with your people from day one that they know that they can be upfront and honest with you and trust you and you've built that they're not going to be upfront honest and tell you when they're when they have a foot out the door and in the 11th hour but what I will say is one at least you try and you have to still try and you have to still have those conversations and not in an accusatory way do it over coffee do it over zoom coffee Make it more casual and say, look, I really humble yourself and be vulnerable. Like, I get it. Empathize with them. There's a lot of things that I'm struggling with, too. I just want to, I want to do better. I want to try to help. And even if maybe you're already walking out the door, and by the way, always be happy for them, because that's also the right thing to do. If it's their choice, their career path, there's no loyalty here. There's no people are not being disloyal to you. Oh my gosh. Leaders that think people are disloyal because they go and they do another job to me, to me are so egotistical and full of themselves. It's like, oh yes, you're right, leader. It was all about you. Like that's the whole reason I'm just disloyalty. There's no loyalty. The loyalty of people should absolutely be to what their purpose is, what their passion is. And if they're finding a different way, then more power to them. Applaud them. Wish them well. But also ask why. I think another powerful way, too, is listen to people along the way and look for the cues along the way. Don't dismiss people just because you have to get out what you need to from a company policy perspective or what the company line is or what the company is telling you to say pause and just listen to people pick up on the cues it's all there even if people aren't being overt about it you can tell what's troubling people what's bothering people the whys behind some of the unhappiness or lack of feeling valued okay now here's a bonus sip let's call it 3b because this isn't just on leaders Absolutely, leaders need to take the lead in having these types of conversations, engaging their team members, talking, 
creating an atmosphere where they feel like they can be vulnerable, trustworthy, all of the things. But I'm also putting this back on the employee too. Whatever your role is, whatever job, whatever company, wherever you are, whether you're in the private or public sector, it doesn't matter. This is also on you to speak up. It's also on you to voice when something is not right and not feeling right. And you should not also wait until you're at the point of apathy, frustration, disgruntled, whatever. Put any you know adjective you want to it. You should not wait until it's festered so much that you want another job and you're out the door. If there are things in your environment, especially if they're leadership problems, I don't care how high it goes, we have got to use our voices. We've got to have the courage to speak up. And if we see something, we have to say something. Because how else do you fix things? How else do you even let, let leaders fix things? Give them the opportunity to fix, to change, to adjust. But again, not in the 11th hour and after all, well, this has been happening for five years, leader, and now I'm out of here. Like That's not fair either to leaders. Again, I agree because I can read your mind. Just kidding. Um, that leaders need to be a little more astute, a little more in tune with their teams. They should know, and they should be asking the right questions. But you have to give them answers. And it is up to you to speak up, and it is up to you to have the courage to. And I know it can be really hard and scary and create anxious feelings because you don't want to be retaliated against. And I know that companies have a lot of zero retaliation policies, and we all know that, yeah, okay, right? It's I get it. I do. I really do get it because I've been in your shoes and I've done both where I haven't spoken up and then I've done where I have spoken up and I did have a leader that retaliated against me in very subtle and ways that you probably couldn't catch the person, right? I mean, and it did make my my life and my job very hard. It did for a couple years and until I moved on to another role, frankly, but I don't regret it for a minute. I'm so glad that I spoke up. I'm so glad I had the courage, as scary and painful as that was. And yeah, there were days I thought I was going to lose my job. I'm glad that I spoke up because in the end, that person actually respected me because I, I was vocal, because I, was, I did have integrity enough to walk the talk, to not play a different part and then just keep my mouth shut and then talk behind their back. Right? Because that's what we do. We get mad. We get frustrated. We... We bash, you know, oh, that leader, this, 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 and then we don't speak up and then nothing changes. And then all it does is fester. And, and that you're creating a toxic environment too, by playing that role. If you're not being honest, if you're not being upfront with that person. And I'm talking about with that person. I don't care what level they are. If there is feedback that you need to give somebody, we're all human beings. I know it's easier said than done. I really do. But this is also about your growth, not about them, too. This is about your leadership, all of our leadership, in growing towards being someone who can live out their authentic voice and live out their truth. And that is a huge part of it. And I get it that there are times and circumstances where maybe you'd be more comfortable talking to HR. Maybe you wouldn't. Either way, you need to talk to somebody and you need to voice that. I mean, those of us, we all get upset when people stand by and let bad things happen, right, out in the world, whether it's um, racism or, you know, un inequity, 
for lots of things, lots of people. But we yet we let those kinds of things in our work environment slide by in the name of what? Fear of losing our jobs, fear of making it miserable for us. Fear of what? What do you have to lose at that point? If you're so miserable anyway, or you're unhappy, or you're frustrated, and if you find yourself rationalizing why you're still in a job you don't like, that should tell you something. So what on earth do you have to lose by speaking up? And I'm not saying yell or freak out or do crazy things in somebody's office. I'm saying have a professional conversation, but be direct and be open and be honest about it. And if and then too, you see what kind of actions, if any, I think it will also be very affirming for you to decide because it is your choice to work there. It is your choice to stay. And if you, who knows, you could see a change and you could see someone really try. You can be also part of the solution, which is what we need to be. Try to be part of the solution. And if that doesn't help, that doesn't work, they don't see it, they don't get it, it's not, and which is a shame, right? But at least then it really affirms for you to say, okay, I can choose to stay or I'm going to choose to go. And maybe it's time then. But at least I said my piece. And at least you know more of what's going on in my head. And I would hope everybody would do something like that. Because that is what is going to help change the work environment, create healthy work environments. Leaders got to lead and employees got to lead. We're all leaders. So hey, if you're part of the great resignation and you are ready to resign, good for you. Go to If you want to go find a new adventure, start a new chapter, do something different, take the risk. What do you have to lose? Life is a, z- a series of just hopping from zigzag lines to zigzag lines here and there and having new adventures, new chapters. Just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Never run from something, run to something. And remember, you take you with you wherever you go. So what kind of leader are you going to be during the great resignation? Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.